When I stood here four weeks ago, I said that St. Luke the Evangelist had an incorrigibly tidy mind. Incorrigibly meaning something like stubborn or refusing to change, and tidy meaning, well, meaning tidy. The Anglican theologian and Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, happens to agree with me on this. Well, he may actually have said it first, but never mind. We can see this incorrigibly tidy mind at work again in this Sunday's reading. Last week, the Lord Jesus praised Mary's single-minded devotion to him while Martha was busy in the kitchen playing the part of Cinderella. This leads naturally to the request by the disciples to teach them to pray with single-minded devotion. Jesus' response comes in three parts. First, a model of prayer. Second, a parable about persistence in prayer. And finally, some sayings about the proper attitude in prayer. This is Luke's incorrigibly tidy mind putting all of his ducks in a row. If you'd lived in the first century, you could have picked St. Luke out of any crowd, anytime, anywhere. He would be the one wearing the white plastic pocket protector with all the quills in the knot lined up in a neat row. The model of prayer that the Lord Jesus gives his disciples in Luke's gospel, it feels a bit truncated, a bit condensed. It might have been a more primitive version of Matthew's, uh, our father. Matthew's is more lyrical, it flows better, and this may explain why his version made it into the liturgy and from there into the Christian vocabulary of personal prayer. It's likely that Jesus' habit of calling God his Abba, his Daddy, or more precisely his dear Father, shocked his contemporaries. Abba was an Aramaic word. Children used it when speaking of their fathers. On the lips of the adult Jesus, it made a special claim to his intimacy with Israel's God. It's the possessive pronoun our in Matthew's Gospel, the version that we sing during the Eucharist, that makes this quintessentially a Christian prayer. To understand this, you have to imagine that there was another possibility. The Lord Jesus might have begun with a slightly different formula, not our Father who art in heaven, but my Father who art in heaven. It has a different sense. It implies that while God is the Father of Jesus, he is not necessarily our Father. This is not just a mind experiment. You can see it right away in the second clause of the Creed. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. So to put it plainly, Jesus is the only one privileged to call God his Father. If the Lord's Prayer begins with the pronoun our, it means that Christ has invited us to share in the privileged, privileged relationship between him, the Father, and the Son. We are sons and daughters in Jesus the Son, sons and daughters of God by adoption. And like any other adoption, the adoption papers were filled out, signed, sealed, and delivered on the day we were baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. The relationship we have with God is exactly Jesus' own relationship. When we pray, we pray out of that reality. 
standing before the Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't pray out of our own goodness or our own moral authority. We pray out of the power of Christ's death and resurrection. Or maybe it would be more theologically precise to say that it is the crucified and risen Christ who is really praying within us. Calling God our Father is not just a formulaic way of phoning it in. It is an insight into Christ's own inner life of prayer, taking up residence in our own experience, making its way into the warp and woof of our daily lives. This is why we sing the Lord's Prayer at the liturgy directly after the consecration of the Eucharistic bread and wine. First of all, the Eucharistic prayer is dressed to the Father. And so by saying our Father at its conclusion, it's a normal progression. This is not a liturgical accident. It's not a brief pause on the way to communion. It signals a truth of faith that we go to the Father by first coming to Christ, particularly in the sacrament of his body and blood. Repeating this prayer over a lifetime of celebrating the Eucharist through good times and in bad, through joy and sadness and everything in between, defines the experience of knowing ourselves as sons and daughters of a merciful loving and saving God.